0: If you've been driving in the past 10 years, you've probably seen it all. Gas at less than $2 a gallon, and gas over $5 a gallon. Some days, it feels like you're at the whim of the gas station owner's mood swings. But there are several contributing factors to the ups and downs of gas prices. These contributors range from political and seasonal to elements of production. But all of it is difficult to predict. In this episode, I'll be walking through these contributors with a special guest. I'm Ken Robinson, market research analyst for MODIS. So let's start with the production piece of the puzzle. The main producers of
1: oil are Saudi Arabia, Russia, and the United States. Each one of them is actually part of a different coalition of oil producing groups. So you have Saudi Arabia being the heavy hitter behind OPEC, You've got the United States, which is going alone as a superpower. And then you have Russia, who is at times a bit of a wild card, but also in a way you could say a superpower. And right now you have the OPEC plus phenomenon over the last few years where Russia has worked with OPEC as an ally in the oil producing sector. But at the same time, Russia plays by its own rules and isn't necessarily going in the direction that Saudi Arabia wants, which is the way that really is Saudi Arabia goes, OPEC goes. Saudi Arabia, and thus OPEC, want to
0: sell their oil at $80 per barrel. But with three major oil producers, if prices are too high, importing countries will go to the next available option that's selling it cheaper
1: watching to see which of these three major oil producing nations is the top at any given time is really something that is starting to depend on the span of months you're looking at. Last year, Saudi Arabia had ramped its production way up and then you could say that they were definitely the the top oil producer, but Saudi Arabia also likes to work on holding back or, or curbing production so that they can lift oil prices. And when they do that, that moves the positions of Russia and the United States. The US would rather keep the price per barrel lower, so they often produce more when Saudi Arabia cuts their production to drop supply and increase demand. The United States' motivation to keep oil prices low is really just an overall desire to stimulate the economy. And that works in several ways, right? One part of it is keeping oil prices low enough that driving is affordable and convenient for all Americans so that from a consumer standpoint, people are encouraged to travel more, not carrying that burden of exceedingly high fuel prices. When you look at the business side of it, is you have transportation and logistics costs for goods, and in addition to that, you have a lot of other production costs that are all influenced by fuel prices, whether it's directly or indirectly. That can be as far-reaching as the impact of airfare, what that does to a company's t budget, or it could be all the costs of the materials and shipping those materials that a manufacturing company has to pay. As with any business, the oil producer's goal is to make money. And oil is constantly in demand. You know this because you couldn't fuel your car without it. Both Russia and the United States have really been growing their ability to produce oil over the last few years. So at the moment, I would say that the United States is the top oil producer. But that doesn't mean that the United States can sustain that, say, for 30 years. If you look at things over that kind of time span, Saudi Arabia is most likely to be the the top producer. And Russia could go either way, really. Russia has very deep oil reserves, and as I mentioned before, sometimes they choose to keep their production high even when the rest of the world is trying to keep it low. Although the United States right now has been working on just growing production, so the United States isn't backing off of when it comes to oil production.
0: Already, you can see where the politics start coming into play. Remember the low prices in the fall of last year? Those were a direct result of the Trump administration's policy regarding sanctions on Iranian oil exports.
1: Thinking about oil sanctions in general, the big news last fall was that the U.S. announced oil sanctions against Iran and then didn't follow through and instead offered a bunch of waivers. And that was a surprise to other oil-producing nations, namely Saudi Arabia, who had been working furiously to, to ramp up oil production in anticipation of, of the foot dropping on oil sanctions uh, against Iran. When that didn't happen, there was an oversupply of oil. Right now, everything looks, once again, like the U.S. is going to not renew the waivers for countries that were purchasing Iranian oil last fall which means that that oil is mostly going to exit the market. So when that oil exits the market, everything should fall in terms of supply at the global market level that all the other oil producers were thinking about. That's the moment when a country like Venezuela, falling off in production, can have a really harsh impact or an unexpected impact. In the case of Venezuela, though, they'd let their infrastructure decline to a point where they really weren't producing up to the levels that they were formerly capable of. And I don't think that the global market was really counting on Venezuela to follow through. But this, of course, can have a snowball effects. So finally, Iranian oil starts to leave the market. And now Venezuelan oil leaves the market. And... If there are further disruptions in Libya, for example, or other countries that have experienced some recent unrest in their oil production, then all of these things can come together and that in turn can create an unexpected surge in oil prices and that hits everybody's pocket at the fuel pumps. Another contributing factor of gas prices rising currently is seasonal.
0: Part of this is predictable. The gasoline you put in your car year-round is not
1: the same. There's a summer blend and a winter blend. So gas prices traditionally peak in the late spring months. And there are two reasons that go into this. First is that refineries are switching their gasoline blends to this ethanol blend, which burns cleaner, but has more additives to it. So they need to set up their, their manufacturing process to accommodate that and that's taking the refineries offline. So even though it's not a complete halt in production, there is a supply tightening effect, which is gonna create some upward pressure on prices. Now, that covers the supply side. On the demand side, as Americans start driving more because winter has given way to spring and is heading towards summer, we're now on the ramp up to peak driving season as far as miles driven in the US. So demand for gasoline is also going up. And if you think about all the family spring break and springtime vacations that happen, that's increasing the overall gas consumption. So that working with a little bit of a tightening in fuel supply is going to pretty much every year come together and create upward pressure on those prices. Each year,
0: refineries go through the process of transitioning their production, taking them offline
1: for a period of time. The other thing that is different about this year is that refineries are actually expanding their spring maintenance a little bit. Their goal is to shorten their maintenance cycles in the fall. So that's going to actually amplify the tightening of supply this spring because instead of being offline for a shorter period of time, now the refineries are gonna do more work as far as retooling and maintenance, and that's going to further diminish their production capabilities. The reason for that is there's a new fuel standard coming for diesel fuels and, and the higher sulfur fuels used mainly by maritime shipping. That's going to lead to, ideally for the refineries, a more profitable end. As far as how that impacts us as Americans that that are driving around, we're not going to see too much of an impact.
0: The other major seasonal impact is hurricane season. Every year, in late summer and early fall, southern states on the Atlantic and along the Gulf of Mexico prepare for the flooding and general damage of tropical storms and full-blown hurricanes. Whether these storms will impact gas prices depends entirely on where they end up.
1: So hurricanes and tropical storms really can do a lot of damage, but they have to be at a bad place at a bad time in order to really have an impact on, on oil and fuel prices. If I look at national average gas prices after Hurricane Katrina, they were fairly level for a couple of years, and then there was a massive spike leading up to and through Hurricane Ike. But nobody talks about Hurricane Ike. Also, if you look at the price trend with Hurricane Harvey, there was a spike, but it was also more of a sustained spike in prices. That's just an example of how different each hurricane is. Each storm has its own unique path, and in the case of Hurricane Harvey, that path was really closely aligned with a lot of oil refinery infrastructure. And that's something that normally doesn't happen. Normally, a storm is going to head inland or slightly around the coast and then inland versus travel the coast. And you know, for that reason, it had the impact of taking refineries offline for a sustained period of time. It really comes down to the fact that Every hurricane is different, and its effect on our infrastructure is going to also be different. So there you have it. Some of the
0: contributing factors to the ups and downs of the price of gas. These are, of course, broad strokes. There are other factors we'd rather not bore you with, especially when you're currently driving and need to keep your eyes open. Bear in mind, in an unpredictable market, these are factors you can depend on. 1. The largest oil producers will contend for market share and price per barrel. 2. Political motivations and disruptions will impact the imports and exports, oil oversupply, and production cuts. And 3. Seasons will impact the prices of gas, whether through alternating blends and refinery maintenance, or hurricane and tropical storm damage. A number of these factors will likely see prices at the pump increase. That's a prediction in a market that, as previously stated, It's difficult to predict. Our
1: final advice to you is this. Everybody should be paying attention to the prices that they're paying. Just because a place that you stop to fill up is convenient, you might actually be spending a lot more money over the course of a year on your gas. And that doesn't mean that you don't have to grab coffee from the place that you like, but you may find that spending that little bit of extra effort to find the best price is gonna add up to a lot of dollars over a year. And that concludes our latest episode of the Rogue Warriors podcast.
0: Thanks to Ken Robinson for coming on the show. And to those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you listened to, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have stories, we would love to hear them. Fill out our quick survey to let us know why you should be our next guest. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Thanks again, and drive safe.